Welcome to Coffee with the Doc, hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer, a practicing chiropractor for over 35 years in Southwest Florida and creator of Basic Essentials Wellness. Six basic time-tested principles that when applied to your life can result in remarkable changes. Coffee with the Doc is designed to inform you, motivate you, and encourage you along your wellness journey. Health and wellness is a choice. Thanks for joining us today. Here's Dr. Schaefer. Welcome to Coffee with a Doc. So glad to be back with you. Uh, we're always talking about uh, uh, wellness topics. Uh, today, I'll probably get on a little uh, sidetrack because I, I want to I want to kind of talk a little bit about COVID, uh, our, our, our least favorite topic that we've been uh, kind of burnt out about over the last uh, year and a half or so. But some things have have just kind of bugged me uh, this entire process. And uh, it, it may take me a while to kind of get to that conclusion today on, on what is it that really is gnawing at me about uh, COVID. So I, I will preface all of today into saying it, it's not that I don't believe that we have a, a COVID virus and that uh, it has impacted our society, because uh, it certainly has. Um, but uh, yeah, there are some issues that, that, that we'll talk about. But And one of the things is just how it, it seems to have divided our country yet again, this particular issue. I think back to uh, like COVID or not COVID, but uh, 9-11, you know, when our country was attacked and it, and it seemed like uh, at least for a period of time that that we all came together to help combat this 9-11 uh, attack on us, uh, regardless of uh, of where you stood politically or socioeconomically or racially, we kind of all came together, uh, at least initially, to to kind of combat this attack. Well, well, here we we have this uh, worldwide uh, pandemic uh, that that starts, uh, you know, somewhere in China, uh, you know, and there and we even have debate on that, you, you know, exactly where did this start? And there's a, a lab in Wuhan, China, you know, that did it did it get out uh, on purpose or was it an accident or all all of this? Uh, did big pharma? you know, plan this whole thing. Uh, was it, it part of uh, our government? There, there are many that have supposed documents that show that uh, some aspects of our, our government were funding the Wuhan lab. Uh, you know, so I, I get all of this information that comes across my desk uh, via email and other sources, you know, being in healthcare and, uh, you, you know, it, it, it Boy, and, and we see it in society there. It's polarizing our country again. So when we look back, you know, we see how, how did uh, how did this happen? We, we started with, you know, well, we, we see this this uh, pandemic is is spreading across other countries and eventually it makes its uh, way here. Uh, we start with some travel restrictions. Uh, we go from a, a two week lockdown uh, to uh you know, it's now been uh, a year and a half and some places are still locked down uh, to this very day. Uh, we go from uh, everything from curfews to people must work at home. We, we see the government closing certain businesses down, you know, telling us, well, it's, it's for the better of all people. And, and, and we're all in this together. We, we, we see close, uh, schools that were closing you know, uh, due to uh, concerns and and fears, uh, 
every type of gathering that we could think of was restricted in some way, shape, or form, be it, uh, you know, sports events, concerts, uh, uh, church gatherings where many churches in in certain states were restricted from opening, and I think maybe even some of them still to this still to this day, and even family gatherings could not be larger than X number of people. And it's like, are you kidding me? Uh, so we have mask recommendations to mask mandates by law must wear a mask in many of these places. Uh, we started out with eventually having a vaccine that was for the most uh, vulnerable. And, and now it seems like they're wanting mandates on vaccinations for everyone, including even very young children and pregnant women. And they're kind of ignoring natural immunity that does occur when you're exposed to COVID-19. That seems to be you know, something that's not even discussed, that part of it, how God created us to basically fight against uh, this particular type of, uh, of virus. Um, I looked at and, and get information on the hospital protocols that were utilized in our country. And I think still to this time, there was only one uh, remdesivir, which was a, the only authorized drug uh, to treat in the hospital, someone hospitalized with COVID. Yet we see that in the clinical trials for remdesivir, that it has a very high fatality rate to the extent that they pulled it out of the trials. It basically caused kidney failure and many of the recipients in the trial, which caused fluid buildup, fluid to build up in the lungs. And hence they put on a respirator, which uh, some of the local doctors here have told me uh, personally that it seems about 80% of the people that end up on a respirator don't survive. Uh, there are some other doctors, uh, one in particular that, uh, that I, I read some of his material, who is an actual ER doctor and has been for decades treating COVID patients, you know, in that situation and has come up with many other protocols that were much more effective than the only authorized drug that we have. And then we have, you know, Dr. Fauci, you know, a, a quote unquote America's doctor who's never actually treated anyone with COVID, but yet he's the expert that everyone is turning to and, and listening to and others that are actually treating COVID patients. A lot of, you know, these frontline doctors and whatnot who are coming up with many other ways to treat COVID and they're being ignored. And we start to get into how our, uh, our freedoms are being kind of restricted. And, and this is something that uh, I discussed with my wife early on. I said, well, you know, watch, you know, they're going to they're going to come up with a vaccine and then they're probably going to mandate that vaccine. And boy, if you don't get that vaccine, uh, you're you're not going to be able to travel. Your travel is going to be restricted. And, and sure enough, we're, we're starting to see this as well, where non-vaccinated individuals, uh, you know, some companies can't even work at a company if you're not vaccinated anymore, much less be able to travel their travel restrictions when the vaccine itself is proven that it does not prevent the infection, nor does it prevent the spread of the infection. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, Dr. McAuliffe, Peter McAuliffe talking and uh, not too long ago, and there's a, a number of different studies, but he cited one of them uh, that talked about, <clears throat> it was a hospital setting where they were 
they were testing uh, hospital employees, those that were vaccinated, those that were unvaccinated, and they were concerned about unvaccinated hospital employees uh, causing infection in the uh, patients coming into the hospital. But they found in, in this study that the vaccinated employees carried a 250-time viral load compared to non-vaccinated employees. So and hence, the vaccinated workers were a much greater risk to patients coming in and infecting them. And there have been a number of studies that, that point towards that as well. And again, as I mentioned, uh, many of the companies out there, uh, and we're starting to get a lot of pushback now, but many companies that were saying, okay, you, you have to be vaccinated to work. And, and one of the things that really uh, surprised me when <clears throat> we were in the early months and the first year of this COVID where the uh, doctors and nurses, you know, they were, they were hailed as, as heroes for going in long hours, working to, you know, on these uh, infected patients and whatnot. And now, you know, these same doctors and nurses that declined to uh, get vaccinated kind of went from heroes to zeros. In other words, all right, now you can't even work here. We don't want you. Where you know, and it's just like, boy, something is something is is wrong with that. Um, <clears throat> I know there's a, a a large percentage of here in, in Southwest Florida, you know, in our in our healthcare community uh, that are not vaccinated. I've gone into the doctor, uh, you know, a number of times with my parents taking them in, and it seemed like they always the first question that uh, that we, that the doctor would ask to my parents when they walk into the examination room is, are you vaccinated? And my parents have been vaccinated. They're in their mid and late eighties. Um, but you know, they, they, that was the very first question. <clears throat> we had, uh, one of our, one of our close friends who, who is, who was basically our age in her sixties. Um, uh, when she was going into her primary care doctor, uh, about a year ago, he was also, you know, pushing her to get vaccinated, to get vaccinated, to get vaccinated. Uh, she was in, uh, just last week, and the doctor had been vaccinated and asked her again if she had been vaccinated. And she said, no, I have not been vaccinated. And he and he said, basically, good. Don't don't get the vaccine. He says, and, and I am having buyer's remorse that that I have gotten it. So it was 180 degree turnaround on that aspect of it. But all of these aspects and many more um, <clears throat> that we'll talk a little bit about and and, uh, you know, and I know I'm probably going to be just kind of rambling on, you know, throwing a bunch of information out there. Um, but it, it's boy, it is it has caused a great deal of division, you know, within our country, within our communities. Uh, you know, I, I've had patients, uh, you know, that that I've been working on that that in the midst of us, you know, that they will ask, you know, well, we'll get on the topic of, of covid and, and vaccinations and it basically and one of them said, you know, well, anybody that doesn't get it is just stupid. And, I'm, and I just kind of eh, kept real quiet about that time because I didn't want to tell him burst his bubble. Like, uh, no, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't gotten it. <clears throat> but COVID, you know, is a is a coronavirus. It's a it's primarily a respiratory type virus. Again, it was it was first picked up in in Wuhan, uh, China. But here are the statistics, and, and it was very interesting because uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, let me backtrack one second, <clears throat> back as all of this was unfolding, and I may have mentioned this in one of the previous uh, podcasts, I had, I had read a, a, an article that a, 
uh, a particular doctor had written where he was researching all of the past pandemics. And there were a lot more of them than you and I probably thought that there were. There was a whole bunch of past <clears throat> pandemics. And basically, he, he sifts through all the data and he comes up with that uh, the, the overall death rate through all of these different pandemics was about 0.2% for all of these past pandemics. And here we're kind of in the midst of the beginning months of this one. And basically, he said, this one will probably come out to be about the same number as every single pandemic we've had in the past. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I will ask people from time to time, you know, you know, out of the people that are, are, are being infected with COVID, what percentage do you think are actually dying? And no one has, has gotten it remotely close. And I understand that, you know, now, especially we're, we're 18 months into this and uh, still to this day, while to a lesser degree, uh, the news media, you know, is talking about COVID. Um, they're not talking about it as much, certainly here in Florida, because, you know, we're not having nearly the cases that, that uh, the rest of the world and the rest of our nation is having. But we've been basically bombarded for 18 months with COVID, COVID, it's killing, it's killing, it's killing, it's killing. So when you ask someone, you know, well, out of the people that are infected, how many people, what, what's the percentage you think that are dying, you know, from, from this infection? And no one gets it remotely close. But here are the statistics, and, and you can get these <clears throat> right off the CDC website. They've got great statistics on there about all of this. But in the age bracket, and this is statistically, so this doesn't mean that there are zero cases or zero deaths in some of these different age brackets that I'm going to going to tell you about. But zero to 19 years old, the uh, fatality rate of those that are infected is zero. Basically, 100% infection survival rate. Now, that's statistically. There certainly may be a few cases in there. But supposedly, we've had, you know, I don't know how many, 750,000 uh, fatalities, uh, you know, from COVID. So the number of cases that we have, uh, you know, positive tests is, is well up there in the millions and millions. <clears throat> um, in the age bracket of 20 to 29, 0.01% fatality rate. That means 99.99% of people that get it in the 20 to 29 age bracket recover. All right, and we go right up. Uh, here's the infection survival rate, 30 to 39, 99.97%. In the 40 to 49, 99.92%. And, and it goes right on up. Basically, 99 point something percent survive. I'm not minimizing in any way, shape, or form, because uh, I know some of the folks that may be listening to this have lost loved ones due to COVID. COVID. I'm not trying to downplay that there is no COVID, but that's not what I'm trying to say. But <clears throat> I'm stepping back and looking at the reaction that our nation has had to this COVID infection and the ramifications of how we have reacted to it. You know, it's it's <clears throat> an analogy that many times I, I have with medications that, that patients treat for a particular problem that many times the medication they're taking is causing worse problems than the actual condition that they have. 
So I look at, you know, how we, you know, have responded <clears throat> to all of this. And I mentioned that uh, researcher. Well, now we have a little bit more data. You know, we've been in this uh, year and a half, this original researcher that that cited uh, all of the previous pandemics. You know, he said it'll take a, a handful of years to to really have all the dust settle and to get the statistics uh, fairly accurate. But to date, our country, um, the death rate for those infected has been 0.2%, right at where this fella stated it probably would end up. So it falls right in line. The average overall, 0.2%. So the greatest ones affected overall, 93% of the COVID deaths are in folks 55 years old and older. You know, so out of uh, the current statistics, uh, roughly, uh, supposedly, we had had 730 plus uh, thousand COVID deaths here in uh, the United States. And it's really one of the higher uh, per capita numbers in industrialized nations. Um, I always question kind of the accuracy of that actual number, you know, and how they categorize it. Because if someone, you know, we we look at, at many people who died and they had a positive COVID test, well, they get counted as a COVID death, even though COVID may not have actually killed them. But if they had COVID when they died, and in other words, a lot of the highest percentage of folks that are dying are the elderly who have other health conditions, uh, you know, and that's an issue when we're trying to gather uh, statistics. So did they die from COVID or did they die with COVID? Meaning they had it, but they had a condition that killed them. And it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a there's a there's a, a a a Bible verse that says basically the the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, and and I've been taught many times over the years. You know, you wanna you wanna know uh, you wanna want to see where the problem is at. Um, follow the money. <laughs> so if we follow the money, and uh, you know, hospitals are being paid for extra for COVID diagnosis then by and large, a lot of people are going to be diagnosed with COVID. If they die from some other cause, heart attack, whatever it is, and they have COVID, it'll be listed as a COVID um, diagnosis or COVID death. If you remember back, a lot of medical visits uh, were kind of going by the wayside. A lot of people were not going in for elective surgeries. A lot of routine procedures were not being uh, conducted in the midst of all of that. And the fear was that the hospitals were going to be overrun with COVID cases. There were a few pockets of that, but by and large, most of the country did not experience that. Many hospitals were hurting financially because a lot of these other services were not being performed in the hospital anymore. So anything that they could do to uh, generate funds, they were going to do it, follow the money. Um, if you remember back and we, and we, we saw this. We we're going to have we're going to have two weeks of lockdown to flatten the curve, and and we've heard that term, flatten the curve. I had a statistician explain flattening the curve to me. He asked me, you know what that means, and I said, well, I, I'm I remember that from my school days and and drawing and learning graphs and and whatnot. What a a spiked curve versus a 
a flattened curve looks like. Well, if you can think of a graph where the, the spike goes way up and then comes sharply down, or it extends over a longer period of time and the spike does not go nearly as high, that's flattening the curve. But he went on to explain to me, he says, we still have the same exact number of cases, regardless of whether they spike or they are spread out over a longer period of time. <clears throat> so all of the different measures that were taken to flatten the curve did nothing to decrease the actual numbers of COVID infections or COVID uh, deaths. And then we have uh, masks, and I, and I saw a number of different studies on masks. And the effectiveness of a mask, uh, and, and granted, they probably do offer some degree of, of help, but it really is dependent on how someone uses the mask. And by and large, most people do not use masks properly. They don't fit properly. It's very easy for you know air to get in and around those masks. And the effectiveness is anywhere from 10% of what, you know, stopping anything from coming in and going up from there, depending on what type of mask they're using or how they're actually using it. <clears throat> Here's a study, and, and, and this is, uh, they talk about recent, CDC website, October 29th, 2021. So uh, this recording is on Tuesday. That was last Friday. And we're talking about four days ago. And what was the overall effectiveness of lockdowns and masks on the spread of COVID? So in other words, we did all these drastic things to try to stop the spread of COVID. Okay. And some of you are going to say, oh, well, it, we, we went with the best knowledge that we could, but it was obvious that some of the things that we were doing were causing a tremendous amount of, of damage. You know, the lockdowns and masks we found <clears throat> increased depression, increased drug use and overdose, increase in suicides, increase in domestic abuse, increase in anxiety, increase in stress, increase in economic crisis because of lockdowns and mass. Oh, here it is, October 29th, 2021. The CDC said that it mass and lockdowns were less than 2% effective at spreading, uh, curbing the spread of of uh, COVID, less than 2%. We went through <clears throat> all of that and we still see politicians today wanting to lock down and mandate masks. And it's like they were less than 2% effective in doing all of that. So in other words, the cure caused more problems than it actually helped with. I'm not saying that those things didn't help, <clears throat> but there's another study that I, that I read about once we came out of lockdowns, and this is one of the things that I've talked about before, that your immunity, your body's ability to fight disease because you've been locked down and hadn't been doing anything, your immunity, overall immunity is going to be less. And there is a study that shows that once lockdowns, people came out of lockdowns, mortality rates skyrocketed because people were getting infected because their immune system wasn't working in good. Any <clears throat> in good. So <clears throat> we, we stayed inside. We we social distances and all of this. We covered up, you know, our 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 beautiful faces in public outside. I still see people today walking down the sidewalk wearing a mask. Um, it was so great. We went on vacation earlier this year and probably April uh, off to another state, and and in that particular state, they had just lifted the mask mandate in restaurants. So we're traveling. We're in a restaurant. 
And, you know, so it's the first time you've actually seen a waitress's face in about a year. And it was just like, oh, it was such a wonderful experience just to be able to see a, a you know, someone's face, you know, not being able to see it. <clears throat> On the flip side of that, you know, I've, I've had some patients that <clears throat> started coming in to see me and they're wearing masks all the time. And the first time I actually saw one of those without their mask on, I didn't recognize them. I didn't know who they were. And I had to look on the chart and I'm going, oh, that's who that is. I did not recognize them without the mask on. So here we have these, these beautiful people and we're, we're becoming this faceless society, which just goes further to impact us uh, from a mental and, and social aspect, which lowers our immunity and increases our, <clears throat> our stress. So closing tons of business, you know, and, and we kept hearing, you know, for the benefit of everyone. Well, certainly not for the benefit of those people that have those businesses. <clears throat> and some of them were not compensated in any way, shape or form where the government came along and closed their business. I mean, I just felt that that was an overstepping of the government and even closing churches and then then saying, OK, now you can go back to church, but you can't sing, you know, because singing, you know, will will spread it even to a greater extent. And I'm sitting there going, what is going on? Something just isn't right. When we first started out with the vaccine, and we, we had it for basically those that were in the greatest statistical need, which we know who those are. Those that are in greatest susceptibility are the elderly with pre-existing type conditions. And they offered the vaccine to them initially, which, okay, you know, my parents bought into that and they went and had that done. But now... They want to mandate it that everyone must get vaccinated, even children. You know, go back to those statistics, zero to 19. What's the survival rate? 100 percent, meaning the majority of kids by and large. And you will get some. OK. And, and I know there are cases where children have died from covid. But from a statistical purpose, when we're seeing millions and millions and millions, uh, I was listening to a fellow who's actually a. Uh, a funeral director in the UK and his recent uh, recording, he said there, there have been no children who have died from COVID in United Kingdom. You know, so statistically do kids need to be vaccinated with this vaccine, which I, I always thought it was, it was very interesting when right from the get go, we don't exactly know what all the side effects are going to be, but we just passed a law that says, you know, if you get this vaccine, you can't go back and sue anyone if this causes an abnormal reaction in you or kills you. Uh, that uh, to me is like, now what's wrong with that? Where you're met, you're drawing up a law that says that you can't go back and sue someone. And now they're telling you, you must get this vaccine. And you've heard of some, some celebrity types that have walked off their job you know, basically because of this, uh, one sportscaster, a, a female sportscaster who who wants to have more children, she's, you know, here you said, oh, this, they, they tell you that it's safe for children and it's safe for pregnant women to take. Now, how do we know that when it takes years to determine if this is going to impact fertility of women, it's going to take years to impact whether it's going to affect young children or not, and they're telling us it's safe. How many times have we had medications over the years that we're told, oh, this is safe? And we find out 15 years later, oh, it causes XYZ birth defect. We weren't aware of that. You know, and then, you know, attorneys get on the bandwagon and you see all these 
uh, ads on TV. If you've taken such and such a drug, you know, blah, 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 because now they know years later. So they're, and they're trying to do this and mandate it by law that it is, uh, it is okay. Um, you know, and I, I try to look some of this up on, on your typical Google. All right. And you can't find a thing about side effects on Google. And I, and I, I hear all these stories say, Hey, you know, they, they do restrict your searches on there. You can't find stuff. So I had to go to alternative searches to find out side effects on some of these, uh, on this vaccine that is taking place and find out <clears throat> more information about that. But natural immunity, you know, it's not talked about. There's a ton of people that have already been infected by this. And now they even said, oh, well, you should get the vaccine too. And, and by law, you should take this. Uh, you know, and it's like natural immunity uh, is, is probably better than the vaccine immunity, which now what are they finding? Oh, it's been a handful of months. You got to get a booster. And a handful of months down the road, oh, you know, you need another booster. So in other words, whatever it is helping with, it only lasts for a few months, where natural immunity tends to last, you know, much longer than that. So I mentioned the, uh, the one study where they found that the vaccinated individuals are carrying a 250-time viral load than unvaccinated. So <clears throat> those that are vaccinated are at a much higher risk of infecting someone else than someone who's not vaccinated at all. <clears throat> and the CDC has confirmed that, you know, the vaccine has not uh, stopped the spread of the virus at, at all because of this same thing. So <clears throat> anyway, I know I <laughs> get on a, a little bit of a tangent, but I was listening to uh, uh, John O'Looney. He's the, uh, the uh, funeral director in the, in the UK, and, and he looks at things from a statistical standpoint, and, and he noticed the variance you know, that we now hear about were coming out right about the time that the, the vaccine started coming out. And he theorizes then thought that, gee, the variants are really a reaction to the vaccine. He also saw a high number of strokes, blood clots, heart attacks, and multi-system failure following the vaccine, which he says uh, is related to the vaccine. It's a reaction to the vaccine. Some of the frontline uh, American doctors are seeing high levels of, of myocarditis, pericarditis, other inflammatory conditions that they believe is a reaction to the vaccine, and they can explain it through the science of how this vaccine works. Uh, this particular vaccine is not a you know a denuded virus that they inject. Um, it basically tries to help your body fight off this and your in immune system. But what can happen, it can go into kind of overload, just like an autoimmune condition and start to attack your own body and cause inflammation in different areas of your body, which is what they're seeing, where we see this in some young, healthy soldiers where they get an inflammation of their heart or their brain, you know, and they've been mandated. If you want to keep your job in the military, you've got to be injected and take this vaccine. You know, to me, if you do the research and you decide that you want to take the vaccine, that's your choice. But it should be a choice that you decide to do that. You should be given all of the information that you need to give. Don't hide it and make your own decision on whether you want to take, you know, this particular uh, vaccine. It's just like medications. There's a whole list of side effects that go along with medications. And now by law, they're required to tell you those things on an advertisement on TV, you know, but this 
<clears throat> oh no, it's very safe. And the actual reactions that are taking place, which are many, are, are in my opinion, being hidden from us and you're forced to take the, the vaccine. But if you have all of this information and you choose that you want to do that, that's your decision. It should be a personal decision on whether you take the vaccine or not. And you certainly should not be restricted as to your travel. So <clears throat> we we are kind of, in my opinion, living kind of in fear and our country is divided. You know, do we, we have a, a, a whole group of people that are no mask, no vaccine, keep everything open. And then we have the other extreme where we must wear masks. Everyone must get vaccinated. We should have lockdowns and our freedoms should be restricted if you're not vaccinated. And certainly we we look at the media and the panic that has been created by bombarding us for basically 18 months with death, 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 death from this from this uh, virus. And indeed, deaths have occurred. I, again, I will reiterate that. It's not that they have not, but uh, <clears throat> we see our freedoms being legislated out throughout this process, which raises a red flag for me. Well, there are certainly two sides to this thing, and, and I'm trying to kind of bring out, uh, and, I, and I tell my patients, I'm kind of biased. Uh, you know, I, I don't take the flu uh, a vaccine every year. Uh, none of our kids have been vaccinated. They're all still all very healthy kids and, and, and whatnot. But there are other sides to this particular story. Um, Dr. Artis, Dr. Richard Bartlett is the ER doctor that I told you about. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold, the frontline doctors, a whole group of them. Uh, this John O'Looney from, from the UK, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, many of them that are actually seeing cases. They're working with COVID. They're on the front lines. They see what happens. They can give us a lot more information that we're not getting from our mainstream uh, media. I'm always, again, a little a little leery when things come out and say, oh, for the benefit of all people. <clears throat> and I'd mentioned, <clears throat> you know, how I said from the beginning, you watch, they're going to try to restrict us if we don't follow this line and go through all this. When this pandemic is essentially uh, a, 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 a real bad case of the flu. Uh, it's the same type. It's a, maybe it's a, the flu on steroids, but here's the other side of it. We've had a, a year and a half and, and I, and I, I supposedly we have 730,000 deaths in our country uh, due to COVID. I don't know if that's the actual number, but here are actual numbers of other things <clears throat> each and every year going back decades, 600 plus thousand deaths every year, heart disease. I don't see a big alarm going off every year, heart disease, 600 plus. There were 660,000 last year, 2020. Cancer deaths, 600,000 each and every year. Here's one for you. Alcohol contributes to just under one 100,000 deaths annually. Oh, here's another one. Tobacco use, 500,000 deaths annually attributed to tobacco use. And there's a whole list of other, you know, preventable deaths. So my point is, out of all of this, which is how I started out, I was a little leery of the reaction to 
COVID. It's a real thing. But here are real things that not only is there no red flag, they're advertised and glamorized on TV every single night. You know, why is there no alarm over, you know, 100,000 alcohol-related deaths every year, 500,000 tobacco-related deaths every year? There's no alarm for, for any of that. There's over a million and a half people every year in these categories that are <clears throat> preventable diseases, but there's no alarm going off. Where's the urgency for any of those things? So when they start taking away our freedoms in this little area of COVID for the benefit of everybody, I get a little bit leery. <clears throat> so our best defense, what do we do going forward? COVID, stay healthy. The statistics are out there. People with uh, comorbidity, other health issues are at much greater risk. You want to stay healthy, you know, follow the rules of health that I talk about each and every podcast on here, which is to stay active, eat right, get plenty of rest, uh, mental, emotionally, and spiritually, take care of that, do a good job of improving that, keep your structure in good shape and eliminate toxins, you know, from your life. You got the best chance to ward yourself off of having COVID. Well, I know I uh, kind of went all over the board uh, and, uh, and probably swayed a little bit more towards, uh, you know, wondering just why are are we reacting the way we're reacting to COVID? Not that it's not a real thing, but we just seem to be reacting in a very extreme manner for what this really is. So I wanted you to hear that side of it. Um, educate yourself on that side of it. Make your own decision on uh, taking care of you and your family uh, going down the road. Um, but uh, today's episode, again, sponsored by uh, San Carlos Chiropractic. You can reach me at drglennschafer.com. You can call us at the office here, uh, 239-267-3133. If you do uh, shoot me an email uh, uh, and you're really ticked off, that's okay, but uh, keep it civil and I'll respond to you and and hopefully we can have some dialogue on, on my perspective. It's just my perspective on all of this, on all the information that I get that comes across my desk uh, related to COVID. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed today's uh, episode. Tune in again next time where we'll cover again something in line of wellness. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Doc, hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer. To learn more about Dr. Schaefer, go to www.drglennschafer.com. That's D-R-G-L-E-N-S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R.com. Or call 239-267-3133. You can also visit him at San Carlos Chiropractic, 19150 Acorn Road in Estero, Florida.